Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I am your host, Charlene Hunter-James. Being a family caregiver is one of the most important jobs you'll ever have, and one of the most challenging, too. The role can be frustrating, satisfying, exhausting, and joyful. Yes, there are tough decisions you have to make when caring for someone. Whether it's your first time being a caregiver or you're a pro, caring from afar or in your own home, being on this caregiving journey will change your life. Marie Arcos knows all about this ever-changing labor of love. She is a caregiver to her mother, Candy Hernandez. Both of these ladies are joining us here today to talk about being a family caregiver and being the person being cared for. Coming up, prepare to care. Marie and Candy, thank you both for joining us. Uh, I want to say first, Marie, a special thank you uh, for your uh, efforts to help us initiate a fam employer caregiving program at the YMCA of Greater Houston, because we know uh, caregiving certainly can impact those that are still working and having to also take care of their loved ones. So let's get started. Marie, let me start with you. How long have you been a caregiver? Well, I have to say, I never thought of myself as being a caregiver, but I've been a caregiver for most of my adult life. Um, my grandmother, who lived really close to us, her mm -hmm. husband deceased uh, or died pretty early, and so, um, and as did her her children. Mm -hmm. So she helped my mom, you know, raise you know her grandchildren, and uh, since she just lived on the next block, um, she was without her own children. So as the oldest girl. And not married, no children, uh, a lot of those responsibilities mm -hmm. of taking her to the doctor and uh, helping her out with her paperwork and everything uh, became my responsibility pretty early on. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so it was, it didn't ever feel like I was a caregiver, mm -hmm. it just felt like I was being a granddaughter. But as she aged um, and her health issues became more complex mm -hmm. and financial decisions needed to be made, then those decisions and the things that we see in the prepare to care guide or things that we're having discussions with our my own siblings now um, are things that we were facing on our own mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out and navigate that. That's right. You made an important point. You never viewed yourself as a caregiver and this is certainly uh, something that you hear all the time. I just care for my mother. I just care for my aunt. Uh, I don't see myself as a caregiver uh, such that you think it's a professional position that one assumes because oftentimes people assume that role uh, when it's a crisis or it's something that you really hadn't thought about. So I appreciate your comments about not having viewed it as a caregiver. You just step in and help where you're needed. What has been the most challenging part of caregiving for you? I think follow through. Follow um, through. So, you know, we talk, you know, sometimes in a crisis, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. we activate our family members. Mm -hmm. uh, we engage, you know, the loved ones we're uh, caring for. Mm -hmm. and, and I like to say that we're caring with. Right. Uh, right now, my parents are still able and 
you know, to make their decisions and put their input in. So we don't want to make any decisions mm -hmm. for them. We want to make it with them. But that is, it's very tricky because there are, are things that we really want to see happen. But um, just, the you know, in the midst of the crisis when, you know, someone takes ill really quickly or we have to get them to the emergency room, so we're acting on that plan right mm -hmm. then. But then the follow three through three or four weeks and months later, it's not as important and people kind of back off a little bit and don't see that urgency as much. But it is critical that when we create this plan that we are doing those touch points, we are having mm -hmm. those conversations mm -hmm. and that we're doing those follow through of the things that we said that we were going to do, mm -hmm. like coming more often taking them out you know taking our parents mm -hmm. out for social interactions not you know we're just so used to them doing their own thing we want to make sure that we're helping them um, follow the plan that we kept so following the plan is probably one of the most yeah. difficult pieces that's right and staying focused yeah. on on your respective responsibilities okay candy uh, it's good to have you on the podcast. So often we talk here. to caregivers, mm -hmm. but we never talk to care recipients. So we are very fortunate to have you here with us. So tell me, when did you realize that you needed someone to assist you um, as a caregiver? Probably a few months ago when my husband started having some uh, mm -hmm. uh, health issues and uh, I wasn't able, since I don't drive, mm -hmm. I really had to depend on the kids to help me get him to all his appointments mm -hmm. and uh, just needed help. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did you initiate that conversation? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me. I just, Actually, they kind of took over maybe well, yeah. a year ago when right. I mm -hmm. needed to have a doctor's appointment. They saw the need. They saw the need, and I think three or four of them showed up and we all went to the doctor's <laughs> office and I told them I can do this on my own mm -hmm. and they were like no mom you you're won't very tell fortunate. us yeah. you're very yes I, I do say I am very fortunate you are so when did you see your daughter as your primary caregiver or is there a primary caregiver but everybody just jumps in everybody pretty much uh, mm -hmm pitches in but Marie's probably <laughs> uh, the most vocal right. right and I think one of the important things Marie you said was about having that conversation with other family members uh, because sometimes that doesn't happen and right. it does create problems right. you know everybody likes to feel like they're a part right. of it and the other po important point is that you were involved in some right. of the decision making because sometimes we as caregivers tend to say, okay, well, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do that, and we don't consult, you know, the person for whom and we're caring. I will have to say that I feel very blessed that uh, mm -hmm. I do have children that are concerned. I know That's there's right. many families that um, maybe their, their, their children are maybe in another state or another city, so it's mm -hmm. not easy. So I'm very fortunate and you lucky are. to... You, you well, are. one of the things that was more of a I think a ruckus for the family was we didn't know my dad was diabetic because mm -hmm. he tells he said how was your doctor's appointment a year ago mm -hmm. fine everything's good mm -hmm. mom how's your doctor's appointment fine <laughs> everybody you know everything's fine mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. then we see them yeah. not as balanced struggling mm -hmm. in their walking don't look so good in their coloring mm -hmm. and so we uh with so we said well you're taking medicine for diabetes how are you not diabetic, right? Mm -hmm. 
So we, um, she, you know, my mom, in order to prepare for her knee surgery, mm -hmm. and my dad with just being out of the hospital, they both need to lose some weight. So we went in, and this is what was, we were talking to some other ARP mm -hmm. representatives when we were doing the caregiver program. We went in and cleaned out their refrigerator and their pantry, right, to get rid of the processed foods, the mm -hmm. things that may have been in there for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, and that's really when I was um, wanted to share with my mom is like, you can come in the kitchen and help us not throw everything away, mm -hmm. right? We're not here to disrupt your whole yeah. life, yeah. but we do want to get rid of the five jars of jelly and the syrups and the, you know, the cake mixes. You know, she loves to bake for other people. I'm laughing because we had to do that as well. Right. Like, I'm not it the was only almost one. like uh, there was an archive of foods in my, my father's refrigerator and said, what is this, you know? Well, if she could shoot darts with her eyes, you know, she was just, I think I she was really my things livid. alone, but. Uh, That's right. Uh -huh. But that's what I did, you know, it's like, you know, and, and I know it's hard when mm -hmm. I, when she said I'm vocal, right? So, but I'm telling her, well, if you don't want us to do this, then come in the kitchen with us mm -hmm. and help, right? But then she was like, well, you know, this is free labor right now. I just <laughs> let them I get all the dirty work done. Uh -huh. And then we walk in the house now, and there's an inspection. So, oh yes, where's the snacks? Are they hidden anywhere? And uh, she did find a coke last week that uh, <laughs> she knocked on the door and I went and put it in the corner with a napkin over it but lo and behold if she didn't go get the nap beautiful beautiful story <laughs> but, the coke. <laughs> what you have highlighted is the importance of communication right. and that communication between the caregiver and the care recipient uh, because sometimes we do want to come in and just take charge and start uh, doing something and we, we've had that recently where we were just ready to call 1-800-JUNK you know right. because <laughs> my daddy had to remind us that was not our house um, so <laughs> yeah you know how it goes I want to continue to be welcome at my parents house <laughs> yeah smart move um, so what are some of the issues you have had and how did you resolve them where there was a difference maybe of an opinion well, she'll call every two or three days now just to check and see what we're eating, if mm -hmm. it's healthy and balanced. And what I think is balanced <laughs> may not be balanced <laughs> to her. But, uh, um, and uh, she calls to make sure we're doing our getting to our, I uh, have started going to Silver Sneakers. Oh, good, uh -huh. good. And she'll call to make sure if I happen to miss that I'm doing, you know, mm -hmm. some exercise at home. and. And trying yeah. to keep my husband, you know, doing a little yeah. bit also, even though it's really hard for him to do much yeah. right now. But uh, And all of that is because she cares. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So since this is a hard topic of, for families of color and especially, what advice do you have for families out there who may be starting their caregiving journey um, and may not see the need to try to access support systems or services to help them? I think with a Hispanic family, you know, we rely a lot on each other mm -hmm. for different celebrations. And I think, the, you know, so many times we see people having fundraiser or benefits when someone unexpectedly gets ill mm -hmm. or passes away mm -hmm. and the community comes together. I think that there's some planning that can be done to help uh, prevent maybe there's not as much that we can do about finances but mm -hmm. we can certainly rely on resources 
like the the uh, AARP Prepare to Care, mm-hmm. um, access to our churches, our YMCA's, our parks. Everyone's trying to get the information out there about our aging population. So we mm-hmm. should ask questions, and then we should also share with right. each other, like, where did I get this good resource of information? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's really important to ask the questions. And when they hear, you know, there's a lot of gossiping, you know, amongst people. And so mm-hmm. when they hear about what happened to their neighbor, oh, did you hear so-and-so, you know, um, the kids, you know, abandoned her and they didn't do anything with, you know, or mm-hmm. the kids came back to come and take care of her. I wish my children would come and do, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of talk. So I think as um, we're able to, to be able to share where those support systems are. And I think for children, you know, for, you know, children, I'm considering myself a child, but as adult children, I think we have to think about what are those plans that we would want to have things go smoothly Mm -hmm. and navigating our health system for our parents is, Mm -hmm. you know, is very frustrating um, because we can't make one move without an approval, Mm -hmm. but things really need to be handled more quickly, but we just can't. So I think staying the course, understanding this is a process, it's not a one-time sit and get Mm -hmm. where we put some information together in our Mm -hmm. pamphlets and our booklets and then we're we move on it is continuing to touch base the communication the Mm -hmm. check-ins and just being a support system Mm -hmm. as a family unit but also whatever your family unit might be if it's part of community part of neighborhoods part Mm -hmm. of your church right and I do find a lot of useful uh, information in the AARP magazine I love getting it and uh, seeing the different uh, Yes. Articles and also like at the Y, they have lots of programs for the seniors to try and prepare us for what's coming. Well, you certainly are very fortunate to have be surrounded by a family Mm -hmm. that cares and respects you and your ability to still make certain decisions, you know, in your life, and that's so important because sometimes we tend to. want to take charge and treat mom or dad like a little child and so (laughs) do I treat you like a child (laughs) sometimes so okay (laughs) but at any rate so what are the best lessons learned that you can share uh, from the perspective of being a caregiver and a care recipient what would you share with someone else for me, I want to just that kind of hits a nerve with me because I don't want to be the daughter that they're like, oh my God, she's coming over. Because they do leave their phone on sometimes. After I, they think I've hung up, I could hear them talking about it. Um, but I want to be love. I mean, because it's coming from a place of love, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that heavy hand. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I don't want to yeah. be the person that puts all the laws down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think um, I want to be respectful of them and their wishes and where they are uh, would like to provide care with dignity. I, I, I really don't like what, say, I have to treat you like a child mm-hmm. or you're, you're a child like I have to make your decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I've never felt that way before about giving care. I want to just take people from a place of uh, compassion and respect and dignity and, and right. having the conversations and working with them and not on behalf of them. And I really do appreciate all they do, and and I know it, you know, comes from their heart. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes, right. you know, it, yeah. um, 
but I know they, they mean well and they're just looking out for me. This is so true. Well, thank you. You've heard from Marie Arcos and her mother, Candy Hernandez. We thank you for sharing this very important information um, and having both of you here, a caregiver and the care recipient. As always, if you thought this podcast was helpful or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash Houston PTC. Take our Prepare to Care podcast survey to help us improve future episodes or find other caregiving planning and local resources to help you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.